Hey everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Uh, Matt Gates, you crazy SOB, you did it! All right, folks, sometimes you just gotta love being wrong. We did a, I, I think I hosted it last week, a right angle on this very subject, the, the election for the House Speaker. Maybe Bill hosted that segment. I'm, honestly, I don't remember. It, it, it was did. a week ago. Yeah. What do I know from a week ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, my thinking was that Matt Gates wasn't going to budge because he had some really good items on his agenda and we're going to we're going to get to those here in just a minute but that uh Kevin McCarthy from California the House Republican would rather cave to a coalition with moderate democrats than cave to Matt Gates and the House Freedom Caucus well SOB I was wrong and Matt Gates the deal he struck with McCarthy, I really, I think I read this on Saturday morning, ended up being so solid that Matt Gates finally gave in because he said, I ran out of things to demand. We talked about this in the backstage show, available to members only, where we were talking about um, there was a RuPaul drag show and they had a kids section, you know, and then, uh, then they drop that from the uh, from the program because people fought back. I suspect this is similar to that, right? It's like, I'm sure McCarthy wouldn't have given anybody anything if he'd been elected on the first vote. But when you go through 13 or 14 votes, all of a sudden you start to get religion, yeah. right? It's like, oh, so this isn't, I don't automatically get to do what we've always, no, you don't, no. You, you want to be speaker? This is what you're going to have to do. Yep. And uh, Scott, you're a process guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to run this list past you. This is from uh, Paula Boyard, our managing editor over at uh, PJ Media, who assembled this over the weekend. Um, here are the things that uh, Gates and the Freedom Caucus wrangled out of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, a single member can move to vacate the chair. Now, as I read that, that means McCarthy is on a very short list because any Republican That's, at was... any time can stand up and say, well, basically call a vote of no confidence That's in the exactly Speaker of the House. Uh, a har- what was it before, Pardon? Steve? What did it take before? You know, I don't know, but I know it wasn't one. Yeah. yeah. And, okay, and of course, the Speaker determines what votes come up. But now with this rule, here we go. It's 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 field day on the, on the Speaker. All right. A An individual other the, than the Speaker can determine what votes come up. Yeah. Uh, a hard line on the debt limit. That's a little bit of a gray area. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, there will be votes on term limits and on border security. Uh, McCarthy's leadership hmm. pack will stay out of open primaries, so no more the sp- oh, wow, that's no more one. the speaker using his big money to pick winners and losers in in Republican primaries. That's that's huge. Uh, open rules on spending measures and the ability to bring up standalone appropriations bills, which have been squashed in the, over the last 15, 20 years in the House. A discretionary spending cap. Again, we'll see how that plays out, and a commitment to set up a committee on the weaponization of the federal government uh Yay. scott you're a process guy what does this all mean to you yeah actually i you had a couple things there that i didn't have on my list uh that i did some i read some stories about the the new um gop house rules so to speak uh one of them uh you know that there's there's a ban on bills that can increase mandatory spending so essentially you can't create another category or an increase in a category of that kind of spending that the House doesn't even really vote on. Like they're supposed to be voting on all appropriations. Non-discretionary. Yeah, but there's this whole huge chunk of the budget that's untouchable. 
and uh, and so there's a ban on on increasing that uh, chunk. Uh, Steve mentioned uh, the bills should be a single subject, a 72-hour review of bills uh, before voting so that they can't force members to vote on something that they haven't actually read. Um, no more, uh, during the pandemic, uh, the Democrat-run House uh, basically said, hey, you can vote by proxy, uh, you can attend uh, committee hearings by uh, Zoom call and stuff like that, which made some degree of sense at that time. Uh, no more of that. So you actually have to be there to vote now and uh, and you, you have to attend the hearings. and. Um, the, the final thing is the reinstatement of something called the Holman Rule, which lets lawmakers, and I think Steve was referencing this, which lets lawmakers make changes to federal agencies and personnel functions, uh, federal agency and personnel functions during the appropriations process. In other words, during the appropriations process, the House can make changes to salary and staffing, uh, and they, they can make salary and staffing cuts in that process, not just saying, okay, here's how much money you have but they can they can be more specific to that um this is cool I, and i do love the process stuff um and i i'm glad that it's kind of sad that it took that like you wouldn't think that these are to me these are not conservative things necessarily these are just <laughs> no good, they're that's constitutional good, yes, good government constitutional things yeah so it's not like some sort of uh, special caucus of radical right wingers should be involved in this this should be across the aisle everybody should say they should all be singing from the same page of the hymnal on this i i did like this one quote in a story i read about that um that uh, Kevin McCarthy said something on a process level that makes a lot of sense. We, this was after he won the speakership. Uh, we will use the power of the purse and the power of subpoena to get the job done. And what that recognizes is that the House has the power of the purse and the House can subpoena witnesses and can hold hearings and things like that. So he's basically saying, let's do what we can in his terms to hold the swamp accountable. Now, all of this is in the context of any actual legislation has to make it through the Democrat-controlled Senate, which is, uh, you know, highly unlikely. But I think if Republicans recognize the levers of power that they do hold and use those with integrity, I, I think that they can, at the very least, advance the conversation before the next set of elections so that people can say, hey, yeah, these guys are doing what they said that they would do within the context of the power that they have. They were using what they had legitimately. And, uh, and I think that's great. Uh, by the way, speaking of process guy, I was on C-SPAN <laughs> watching the roll call votes. Now, I didn't watch all, all 15 You didn't watch them, all 15? But, you collect the but whole set and more, you get a free subway. It was, it was an eye-watering experience to see <laughs> them go through a roll call of 434 living members of the House for every time that came up. And... And there's no shortcut. It's not like, okay, we just did this vote. Let's just talk to the people who voted no on McCarthy and find out where do these 20 guys stand now? They went through the entire roll call every time. And there was this one moment, which on C-SPAN, they don't tell you anything. You're just watching. You, I, like, yeah, the camera like does move around a little bit, but you don't even know what's going on. And at one point, McCarthy, I think, was over trying to talk to Matt Gates and you know trying to reason with him and get him to come around or whatever. And Gates is sitting down, and McCarthy's standing up, and behind Gates, um, this guy is leaning over and trying to say something to him. 
and all of a sudden, another guy behind the talking guy reaches around and grabs him by the mouth and wrestles yeah. him back. And I, was it Mike Rogers of Alabama? Is that who it was? I believe it was, yes. Yeah. So anyway, apparently he, he was lunging at Gates and his colleague <laughs> grabbed him and wrestled him away. Now, since then, that guy has tweeted out his apology that he lost control of his temper. And Gates has tweeted out basically, hey, there's no hard feelings between us. Everything's fine. We're moving forward. I'll work wonderfully. I think he said, I'm going to work wonderfully well with the representative. <laughs> But there was good thing you didn't have a cane. That's right. right? I was I mean, thinking that. <laughs> there was actually drama the on the house floor, died. and then, then all of a sudden, like you had to watch countless hours of this to see any drama. But all of a sudden, um, Gates comes over and talks to McCarthy, and this was during the uh, the fourteenth. They were voting on the fourteenth balloting. Okay, and then they had no, no. I'm sorry. The fourteenth balloting had already happened, and they were voting to adjourn for the evening and not to reconvene until Monday. This was Friday night, I guess. Um, and 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 Gates comes over and says something to McCarthy very briefly, and all of a sudden McCarthy starts doing this. McCarthy's like waving his hands like this, and I'm like. <laughs> What, where did the jazz hands come from? What's going on here? He just got the votes, didn't yeah. he? He just and, got the votes. And he comes over, he grabs... Now, we could already see in the tally on the screen that the motion to adjourn was going to succeed. Democrats wanted that. Republicans did not. The majority of Republicans did not. McCarthy goes over to his desk and he grabs a red card and he goes over to the desk of the teller and puts the red card down. And then some other people start getting their little red cards. And apparently, once you voted, you can rescind your vote and change it. And so he was basically going over and changing his vote um, or changing the vote. I don't know how it worked. In any case, all of a sudden you saw the tally go the other direction and they voted to, That's cool. to not adjourn. And then they held another round of balloting, the 15th round, uh, at which point Gates did not vote for McCarthy. He voted present. And by voting present, he and a couple of others, by voting present, it reduced the threshold that McCarthy needed yeah, in to, order to it, achieve a majority. That's what I was going to mention. He won by only 217, which means he knows what thin ice he's on all the time. Right, Bill? Yeah, and, and I was going to say, of all the things that um, that we got out of McCarthy, the, the one person um, can, can call for his... Uh, call for his removal that that's the most important thing it's amazing you know these i mean the, the reason people have a problem with guys like mccarthy is because they don't seem to stand for anything they're just about you know i want to be speaker of the house so i'm going to be speaker of the house okay well now all of your uh, ambition and and um and avarice or whatever is driving you is now going to be beholden to guys who actually do have principles who will pull this away from you if you don't do what you said you would do. When we did the episode last week, I had a list. I forgot the name of the representative, I'm sorry to say, but he was Pennsylvania 10th Congressional District. And he gave a long list of all the things that they'd asked of McCarthy. We asked him for this. He declined. Asked him for this. He declined. Asked him for this. He denied it. Asked him for this. He didn't answer. Asked him for this. He lied. This kind of thing. And it sounds like he got all of it, that we got all of it. And, and that on some level actually almost lowers my respect for McCarthy, you know? I mean, it just goes to show that he's he's just going to do whatever he has to do to get this position that he wants. But with that said, if you've got him on a on a on that kind of a hair trigger, you know, he may actually end up doing the right thing just because he thinks it's the best thing for Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Well, and and McCarthy place. is nothing if not practical uh, because he has played the game the way it can be played up to this point. 
And so, you know, you may criticize him and say, oh, well, he's, he's softer than he should be, you know, on conservative principles or whatever. But McCarthy understood the currency of Congress. And if he went around and raised $500 billion for other congressional candidates who were running for office, then those people would feel a sense of, of being beholden to him, even if they were not technically beholden to him, but they'd feel an obligation, especially because they're on two-year cycles. So they want to make sure that they have that money next time around from the McCarthy pack. And, and you know, McCarthy's not a stupid guy. I, I ran for local office no. in a district where um, the Republican House uh, member in that district, in that area, did the same thing. He would help promising young candidates uh, because he knew that someday those people may wind up challenging him or may wind up being helpful to him in some way. And so he, it wasn't that he was buying their loyalty, but he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that you had a friend in Charlie. Someday you may receive a call from me and that day may never come. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, but but um, see, here's the problem though. It's like, so he's like you said he's a process guy and he and he's practical guy and he and he does all these things but what he's not is he's not an ideologue now if we had a conservative ideologue we'd be in a whole different ball game because as much as i despise the reason i despise nancy pelosi so much is she used the house of representatives as a political weapon and she got what she wanted all across the board socially how do you get what you want if you don't know what we want is Right? What's McCarthy's position on any of those things? Nobody knows. If you'd had a genuine conservative as Speaker of the House and, and enough people behind him to get him elected, then you could do for um, conservative principles what Pelosi's done for progressivism, which is basically put every single ball you can in play, right? Just 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 be be in front of everything. It's an enormously powerful position in terms of its visibility. It's the third third in line to the presidency. And and you would think that, that given the damage that, that a highly politicized speaker like Pelosi has done, you would think you would want a highly politicized conservative speaker to undo a lot of this stuff. And instead we get, you know, Mr. But Rogers. No offense to Mr. Do you Rogers. you think we'll end up with a case of the Freedom Caucus uh, tail wagging the, the speaker's dog here? Well, I'll take yeah. it. Um, but, um, but it's not the same, right? Mm -mm. No, it I mean isn't. having somebody having somebody who who agrees to uh, conservative principles because he's worried about his job is not the same as a kind of firebrand who can go out and sell this to the American public. Yeah, and I don't think that that's really uh, at least not constitutionally anyway the House Speaker's role. Nancy Pelosi has certainly turned it into that, um, and others in the past have used it that way. But it'll be interesting to see what McCarthy does with this role because technically, even though he wins with exclusively with Republican votes, he's Speaker of the House. He's not That's Speaker right. of the Republican Caucus. And so That's right. he has an obligation to the institution and to the Constitution and to the people. And so, you know, he's, we're, this is the, the third in line to the presidency guy who we expect to essentially be above some of the petty politics. Um, but again, like I said, the, the concessions extracted from him, so-called by the Freedom Caucus, I don't think are partisan concessions. They're, you know, they're not, except for p perhaps the, uh, the, the drive to want to make people in the previous administration pay for their sins. Uh, but, you know, that, that may be seen, you could, you could put a partisan spin on that or a revenge spin on that. But, sure. but even that 
should be a normal process of investigation and oversight. Um, so if, if McCarthy is wise here, if he runs actually as an honest broker, the House of Representatives, uh, I think it can help going forward. Let somebody, let Jim Jordan be, you know, the, the, the attack dog. The bulldog. Yeah. Now there's a case for that, I guess. Well, let me wrap this. Oh, sorry, but Bill. But it's something anyway. What, what was that, Bill? No, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, it's better than Pelosi. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, by the way, um, when I was back, when I was doing the pre virtual presidency thing a mere decade ago, if you can believe that, I had somebody say, you know, I'm gonna, I want to nominate you for Speaker of the House. I said, I have no interest in running for office. They said, you don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be Speaker of the House of Representatives. You don't have to run. You could have knocked me over with a feather. You yeah. could have knocked me over. You, really? really? Nope. Can be anybody. And I thought, man, there's a job for Rush Limbaugh. There's a job for Rush Limbaugh right there, you know? How awesome would that be? Somebody, or, 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 or Larry Elder or, or Mark Levin or somebody who really, really, really gets the whole constitutional limited government thing, vote for him to be Speaker of the House. That's fantastic. And by the way, you would know this, Scott, I, I, don't, I mean, it seems pretty clear. You get elected Speaker of the House, you're not a member of Congress. No. Something, the president knocks the vice president down the stairs and you're the president of the yeah, United you're States. You're Speaker of the House, yeah. <laughs> wow. So no, it, it, give that some thought then. And we never it's got interesting. President Rush I mean, to me, the ideal, I, I wouldn't have wanted, I, I would rather have Rush be the majority leader or, you know, the, the running the campaign committee or something like that, it, it meaning not Rush himself, but that kind of a character. Yeah. I, I think the House Speaker ought to be responsible for running the House well. This is an opportunity to demonstrate that Republicans can govern well, that can treat people fairly, but what part of treating people fairly is the recognition of being able to say to the minority leader, listen, I, I've, I've heard your complaints, I understand your concerns, you will have the full access to the procedures that everybody else gets access to because you're a member of the House and your caucus will be treated fairly. However, we do have the majority. And unless you have five Republican votes in your pocket right now that you want to tell me about, um, this is how we're going to proceed on this. And I think you can do that in, a, in an equitable manner and be honest with people without being, um, you know, without being arrogant, Bombast. without crowing about how you beat Nancy Pelosi with a gavel or whatever. Oh, I'd pay money to watch that. I remember we're talking about, thinking about this, and it's like, <clears throat> Excuse me. You're right. It's like the president shouldn't be the um, shouldn't be the 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 rabid attack dog straining yeah. at the least. That should be the Defense Department secretary. Yeah. And 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 the Defense Department secretary ought to be Curtis Lemay material. You know. Now peace is our profession. War is just something we do for kicks. Can we give it a try? We got all these cool new weapons. And then the president gets to go to to Russia or whatever and say, listen, I don't want to let this guy off the chain. I really don't. But yeah. you know. But. The pressure here is really, really rising, and I don't think you want him off the chain either, you know? Anyway. anyway. I, uh, I guess I'll wrap this up. You know, it's, uh, it's easy to dismiss, or at least it was easy to dismiss Matt Gates. He's got, you know, the kind of combative, made-for-TV personality, the perfectly coiffed hair, what I assume must be veneers. Um, and he has a lot of fun presenting himself in, in that way. You, you, you can tell. Um, but I don't think anybody after this is going to dismiss this guy again. He might be crazy, but he, he's proven to be a mad genius. Uh, he's basically, he, 
He's not the House whip. He's the Speaker's whip at this point. And it, it's, yeah. it, it's an amazing... Write that down for the thumbnail. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an amazing... <laughs> Thing to see. But let me tell you a little something about the about the way the House has been run over the last uh, 15, 16 years or so, and particularly under Nancy Pelosi, but she's not the only one guilty of this. Uh, legislation is supposed to be written, in a large part used to be written, by holding committee hearings and getting testimony from witnesses that would help congressmen and their staffs craft the legislation that would be subject to amendments and votes. It was an actual lawmaking process. Now, I've idealized it, sure. There are a lot of backroom shady dealings. That's just human nature. You're never going to get rid of that. But by and large, we had a lawmaking process. But it's become corrupted over the last 15, 16 years or so. It's, it's, there's, there's none of what we consider traditional lawmaking in this country. It's lobbyists mm-hmm. inserting everything they want, congressmen getting the shaft by their own party, by being presented with massive bills that they don't know what's in there, but as long as they've got their little slice, yeah. okay, they can vote for it. The, the process has been absolutely corrupted. Now, I don't know if Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus reforms are going to hold, if they're going to stick, but if they do, it's an actual return to the lawmaking process that we used to know and used to make us be that shining, or part of what made us that shining city on a hill. It's a small step in the right direction. Thank you, Matt Gates, for being the mad dog who got that job done. I just want to say one little thing. That corruption of the House happened largely under the view of people who are always shouting about, my democracy, got to protect my democracy, when in fact they turned that, the, the, the House of Representatives, which is actually supposed to be our one truly democratic institution, into a lobbyist feeding trough. Um, that said... There is a beautifully undemocratic element in this. It took about 20 incredibly stubborn members of the House Freedom Caucus to return some actual democracy to the House of Representatives. I love the irony. God bless them. All right, that is your right angle on that, brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. If you're not a member, I'm ordering you. I command you now to go to BillWhittle.com and join up today.